And I am Aware Now. Aware Now, the official platform for causes. Tune in and turn it up as we raise awareness one story at a time for the causes that tie us all together. From Russ Pritchard's Hope for Afghanistan column in Aware Now magazine, this is Weekend from Hell in his Afghan account series. Last week on Thursday, the Taliban began a process they called a clearing operation. It started in Kabul by sealing off entire neighborhoods and streets, Taliban coming in and doing very aggressive searches of people's homes, looking for any evidence of guns, ammunition, military buttons, military uniforms, uh, anything that would tie the occupants of a home back to supporting NATO or U.S. forces. If they found any of that kind of evidence, the consequences were, or rather are, very severe. People have been killed, people are missing, uh, people have been brutalized. So I started a journal when it all began last Thursday over what was roughly a very strong response for 96 hours. Uh, We kept it up as long as we could. Uh, Civilian-based volunteers from around the world collating information and sharing it back to the Afghans to warn them about the neighborhoods that the Taliban were already in and any kind of movements that they had and sharing as much information about situations that had gone wrong. And hopefully by sharing that information, we saved lives and we forewarned people. This is the journal that I kept during that time. Thursday. It's Thursday, February 24th, later in the evening in the States, around 8.30 p.m. It's after early morning prayers in Afghanistan. It's Friday there, the weekend, when everyone is home. I am glued to CNN watching Russians begin the invasion of Ukraine. I'm thinking of my grandfather and how in the early 70s he used to make me read the Ballantine book series on World War II and watch the world at war with him. He insisted upon it. He said one day he would be dead and gone and war again would again come to Europe. He said those who could remember would no longer be around to remind those who preferred war to peace. It begins. My phone starts flashing, buzzing, and ringing in a crashing cacophony of texts and calls. They are the indication of emergencies from Afghans in hiding. High-ranking military men who are normally composed and experienced after two decades of fighting the Taliban. They know what to expect. They never call, and when I have talked to them on that rare occasion, they sound overly calm, like stereotype pilots reading boring British lit poetry during an emergency. Sentences come from these Afghans like, there are hundreds of Taliban on my street. My neighborhood is sealed off. They've kicked my door in. My husband, brother, and sons have been taken. I'm on the run, I don't know where to go. Within an hour, my phone battery is nearly dead from the constant video calls and feeds. I have received hundreds of photos of smashed furniture, ripped clothes, broken down doors, children crying, bloodied men, women, and children, and Taliban, sometimes in fragments on the screen. Taliban in American uniforms, carrying American guns, driving American military vehicles. Something has changed in Afghanistan. It's palpable even from 6,600 miles away. Friday. It's February 25th. It's midnight 05. It's a silly way I've expressed time since working as a flight medic on a helicopter in the 80s. 
I can no longer keep pace with the incoming communication on my encrypted phone app. The number of unread messages is consistently increasing. It's 12.25 a.m. and we are firmly into Friday in the States. I sent a text to someone who works with me trying to save Afghans. It reads, have three in labor, trying to deliver seven emergency food drops, scheduling surgery for a five-month-old with a heart defect, waiting to hear back from someone trying to access old logbooks, and the Russians are invading Ukraine. Just another night? And what the fuck is going on in Afghanistan? It's 3.30 a.m., and somehow people from around the world are sharing information as to what police districts and neighborhoods around Kabul the Taliban are in. A few of us are collating information coming from Brazil, England, Ireland, Iraq, Germany, Australia, and the United States. We create the intelligence volunteer briefs and start sharing locations of the search parties. Texts are increasing now, and there are more questions than statements. I sleep a few hours and get my son off to school. He is excited that it's the end of the week. I feel like there's a tsunami coming my way. Waiting in the drop-off line at high school, I receive a BBC article from a colonel in hiding in Afghanistan. It reads, Taliban government spokesman Zabiullah Muhadid confirmed in a statement that the clearing operation had begun with the participation of three security agencies of the Ministry of Defense, Ministry of Interior, and Taliban intelligence in Kabul and neighboring provinces. In recent days, there have been reports of hundreds of Taliban troops and equipment being sent to Panjshir province, as well as videos posted on social media showing house-to-house searches by Taliban forces in Kabul, Kapisa, Parwan, and Panjshir provinces north of the capital. Some of the volunteer evac groups, with names like Freedom This and Allied That, are full of self-professed experts. They are telling people in large posts that this is just a panic and the reports of searches are fake. I hate these American evac groups. They have fat bank accounts raised from donors who thought they were sending money to feed desperate Afghans and eventually evacuate them from danger. The money gets used for expenses of the evac groups for things like meals and hotels in DC to quote unquote influence congressional types or digital marketing firms to raise even more donations. They contribute nothing towards medical care or humanitarian aid, claiming they are waiting for the big day when they can land jumbo jets in Afghanistan and fly people out by the hundreds. I've learned nonprofits created by politicians usually have intentions hidden behind the curtain. They sicken me. Only one foundation seems to stand on principle. It's the You Foundation. They feed Afghans, they provide medical care, they help Afghans in country and in the U.S., and they don't say a word. They don't take a bow. They just keep on driving and pushing. They always ask, what's next? They are the epitome of leadership and character because they act when no one watches and when no one cares to watch. They don't even publicize their names. Information comes in fast and heavy now. I stop for lunch and my unread messages quickly shoot north of 650. Several of us send out another intelligence volunteer brief that informs confirmed ongoing Taliban activity around Kabul in districts 4, 11, 15, 17, Parwan, and Kherkana. I also confirm Taliban have the districts blanketed in checkpoints and are surrounding guest houses demanding registration documents for the occupants of the homes. Notifications from an Afghan hospital tells me we have facilitated the delivery of five infants in the last 24 hours through our Afghan medical corps. And another text informs of 22 food drops occurred through our Afghan supply corps. Both of these endeavors are funded by the U Foundation. I called the delivery company and put future food drops on hold until searches lift. Can't have any more die. Just can't. 
Within an hour, the intelligence volunteer brief comes back to me from several people in Afghanistan as top secret intelligence from the United States government. It seems kind of humorous until texts and calls start coming in. I can't get a hold of my family. Everyone is missing. They took my father away. I don't have time to journal now. Information comes in from individuals, gets confirmed, and then goes back out to large groups in Afghanistan. About a dozen of us in various time zones organize what we can. I've missed dinner. When did it get dark out? Desperate for sleep, the last text I read is from an Afghan fighter pilot. It's hard to define safe right now in Kabul. Saturday. It's 2.20 a.m. and I awake to a video taken from a covered third or fourth story window of Taliban in force on a street. They are in American Humvees and a black armored Range Rovers. There's a text. This is the second time they are searching my house and asking for me and my brother. Fortunately, my family were moved to somewhere safe ahead of time. This is the price of loving our country that we are paying, but we are safe because of you. God be with you. There is no way I can go back to sleep. I'm going downstairs. I will sit on a stool at our kitchen island to stay awake. The sun is coming up here. It's mid-afternoon in Afghanistan. I'm constantly calculating my time plus 9.5 hours. 6.30 a.m. here, 4 p.m. there. Sun coming up here, sun going down there. I live in two time zones. I keep both times on my phone. I keep weather in both places on my phone. I am hungry for dinner now and realize sleep deprivation has thrown off my sense of time. I double-check the clock on our microwave to make sure it's dawn and not dusk. The need for information has shifted and increased. Afghans are asking what is happening in the searches and what they can do to prepare. I receive a text. They searched my uncle's home. He was a colonel in the police force. They were asking for weapons, threatened them and said to show them anything military before they found her or they would kill them. He turned over his uniforms and a gun. They beat him to death. Our new communication recommends hiding guns in dirty diapers and in boxes of feminine pads where the Taliban men are less likely to look. There are medals and coins the Americans gave the Afghans like cheap souvenir pieces. They are as useless as the proliferation of certificates the American military and government gave the Afghans. Take photos of the certificates, email them to yourself and burn them with your uniforms, I suggest. Put anything metal in dirty diapers. This advice circulates the globe and once again comes back to me as secret intelligence from the U.S. government. It took only 11 minutes. 1400, 2 o'clock in the afternoon. This text message came from a Black Hawk helicopter mechanic, takes my breath away. He's 25 and the only male left alive in his family. They put long metal in our clothes and trash. They search everything and everything and rip up holes. They collect everything in one place. The long metal found military buttons. They were old and Russian and belonged to my father. The Taliban took them. Shit. Metal detectors. My eyes itch and sear wanting sleep. We compose a new intelligence volunteer brief. It is reported the Taliban and possibly Badri 313 specific is searching multiple locations for black market passports, weapons, and currency. Homes are being searched with metal detectors for guns, ammunition, and other incriminating evidence of relationships with Americans. I'm still trying to get it right. Don't hide shit in the house. They will find it. 10.30 at night. I've fallen asleep on the couch. My wife set up a table next to my face. On it are snacks, a power cord, and a charging cord. It's dark again. Saturday or Sunday? I look at my phone calendar. CNN is on in the background. The Russians are closing in on the capital of Kiev, and there are Russian missiles landing 50 miles east of Poland. My unread texts have risen to 887. 
A quick perusal of text shows the Taliban are now searching in districts 4, 6, 7, 9, 13, 17, and 18. It's just past morning prayers in Afghanistan. That means the Taliban kept up search activities through the night. We prepare another intelligence volunteer brief and reinforce no metal in the house. Knowing it's still dark in Afghanistan, we suggest burying metal objects in the backyards or nearby lots. No sooner does the intel brief boomerang back and a text comes in. The savages are in District 11. They've reached our neighborhood. There are drones circling over our street. FTT. FTT. It's a rallying cry throughout the Afghan signal threads. It stands for fuck the Taliban. Oh no, drone shit. They can see people burying things in the backyard. A whole new warning has to go out. Sunday, midnight 20. I break into my wife's Nantucket chocolate chip cookies knowing there will be hell to pay when she finds out I've eaten them all. The dog whines at my feet. I can't remember the last time I fed him or walked him. I do both. He's as screwed up as I am. From the outside of the house, I see my teenage son's bedroom light is on. He's up playing video games. It's his Saturday night. I sneak upstairs. My wife is asleep. My side of the bed is still made. I go back downstairs. I make it to the bottom step and my phone begins to explode in a maelstrom of messages and calls. There is clearly panic in the voices. Have you seen the latest order by the Taliban? Afghanistan is a prison. I ask a general, a colonel, and two doctors to send me to what they are referring. Photos and translations come across my phone, and I imagine the screen brightening in patterns of three short, three long, three short, and SOS, but I know it's just my sleep-deprived imagination. An edict side... An edict signed by Sher Mohammed Sharif, the chief of border police of the Ministry of the Interior of the Islamic Emirati, orders all borders, airports, and ports to prevent the departure of any Afghans who assisted the U.S. or NATO forces. In addition, the edict prevents Afghans from traveling outside of the country without a valid reason. The documents also refer to the process of evacuation of vulnerable Afghans by foreign forces and said the Americans had been told they could take people they cared about, but it was not going to be a permanent process. 0437. I fell asleep talking to a doctor who needs evacuation. He knows his chances are slim. He's still on the line. He chides me for snoring and jokes that he could hear me from 6,000 miles away. I ask him how long I was asleep. He tells me almost two hours. I ask him why he stayed on the line. He said he had nothing else better to do. He said it comforted him. It's early afternoon in Afghanistan. I've lost half a day. Sunday, right? 11 o'clock in the morning. Finally below 500 on unread texts. Al Jazeera News comes out with an article. Headline reads, Taliban conducting house-to-house sweep across Afghan capital. I think of the idiot evac groups and the morons who kept saying the searches weren't real. They weren't communicating or warning Afghans. They were more concerned about egos and enjoying meals in D.C. at donors' expense. Funny how stagnant money and nonprofits tend to leak out. It starts with reimbursements and then grows to consulting fees. 6.30. Shit, four members of a family just got taken away because Taliban found military socks and shoes. How come no one thought of that? Okay, another intel brief needs to go out. I learn of four families missing, all of them. It's 18 people. I text them, one dot and not filled. That means messages didn't go through. I scan through my unread texts and find one of the families. The last text reads... Good morning, my dear brother. We are doing well until now, but on move from one place to another. I do the math. I'm always doing math. It's first light in Afghanistan. 
They've been on the run for several hours during their night. I checked the weather in Kabul. It's below freezing. I know this man well. He studied at the U.S. Army Command College in Kansas multiple times. He has a Kansas driver's license and has been photographed at the Pentagon. His wife helped me with new mothers-to-be kit suggestions, and he has four children in Afghanistan and two older twin boys in medical school in Russia. Oh shit, Russia. What is going on in Ukraine? Who turned off CNN? 810 at night. More people missing. There is no way everyone is going to magically show back up in their homes tomorrow. There are no records, no death certificates kept by the Taliban. People are just gone. Monday, midnight 34. My favorite time of day is 1234. I don't care if it's AM or PM. It's the only time twice a day where everything is in order, aligned in my mind. My goal is for the next two hours, confirm scheduling of two C-sections today in Afghanistan. One for a mother with a breech baby and one for a mother who has become eclamptic. Then double check the code word for our 20 food drops going out and then try and get unread messages below 800. 0230. I'm below 800, but I have two diabetics without insulin and a patient who needs an escort to dialysis because the Taliban took her husband and brothers away. To go outside unaccompanied by a male is to die. To miss dialysis is to die. Problem solutions. The dog is making weird noises in his sleep. I realize he's having a nightmare. 0410. I have 90 minutes until my alarm goes off to start a new week. My son needs to get up then, and my wife deserves coffee in bed. I am turning my phone upside down so I don't see the flashes. 10 a.m. I woke up to the alarm dreaming I was blowing a lifeguard whistle at people drowning in a pool. I know on some level there is someone who will find the Freudian connection to Afghanistan. My texts are above 900 unread messages and I've got two in labor, a kid with seizures. I have to get through these unread texts. 14.30. I'm going to sleep. I'm seeing spots like white butterflies dancing. 15.15. I am up. Four of us prepare our largest intel brief since Thursday. Intelligence volunteer brief. Multiple shepherds and intelligence sources are reporting a massive surge in Taliban activity is not only increasing, but expanding to other geographic areas. In Kabul, house-to-house searches have recently taken place in multiple geographic areas, including but not limited to districts 2, 5, 6, 9, 11, and 19. During the searches, reports show increased level of training via squad tactics, use of handheld biometric devices, NDS uniforms, metal detectors, Badri 313 and Red Brigade involvement, as well as drones in flight with ISR, suggesting day zoom and thermal night operational capabilities. In addition, there is confirmed intelligence that the Taliban have the capability to pull and intercept cell phone signals via portable devices that look like small pelican cases. There are reports that CHN MSS, PAK ISI, and both IRN IRGC and VAGA intelligence agencies are assisting some of these operations. The Taliban and like groups are looking for connections to U.S. and NATO forces from military uniforms to shoes to weapons to certificates of education. The Taliban is basically looking for any connection to ISIS-K, coalition forces of the NRF, false documents, and there are confirmed and un, there are confirmed and unconfirmed reports the Taliban has begun to seize or destroy Afghan passports, preventing travel outside Afghanistan, as per a new edict banning travel by those who are employed or associated with U.S and or NATO forces. There are multiple reports that searches are going to start all over Mazar next week, but now prepare. Now prepare. 
Sources are stating that same searches are expected to begin in other larger Afghanistan cities, specifically mentioned Jalalabad, Kandahar, and Herat. Any intelligence sources suggest this will expand to smaller towns and villages as well. Please place your documents on a cloud if you can. These raids will likely most continue for several weeks. 1943. I received seven texts almost simultaneously. Multiple confirmed eyewitness reports of mass execution and burial of hundreds of Tajiks in Kapisa and other areas of Afghanistan. I, I can't stay awake any longer. It's been almost 98 hours, and I've slept less than six since Thursday. The guilt of going to sleep covers me like a blanket. 1943. That's where my journal ends. The searches have continued. They've now moved up to Bazar Sharif starting on the outskirts of the city and expanding inwards. They continue in areas around Kabul, and many families have been searched two to three times. Yesterday, we received many, many texts from Afghans thanking us for our early warning system, thanking us for telling them how to prepare based upon the mistakes we made early on, based upon what we learned the Taliban were looking for. The process continues, and it's just another day. Tune into our podcast, subscribe to our magazine, find us and join us online. Visit IamAwareNow.com. We will no longer wait for permission to change the world. Together, we are aware now.